1: Welcome to Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel. This program is designed to discuss trends in real estate investing, promote financial literacy, and learn how to create financial freedom for your life. Get the hottest tips from experts in real estate investing and more. Now, here's your host, Lori Wetzel.
2: Well, Happy New Year in 2017. You are listening to Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel, and the REAL stands for Real Estate and Financial Literacy. Well, I have missed you guys and gals. How are you? I hope all is well. If this is the first time you're listening to the show... It is designed to reach open-minded individuals who are willing to explore opportunities in real estate investing and financial literacy. So this show is not just about buying and selling houses. That's the transactional piece of it. This is really about creation. So creating lifestyles, creating wealth, creating time freedom, coupled with empowerment and accountability to make a huge difference in this world, right? So, we typically will have guests, authors, entrepreneurs, we'll talk about financial literacy, I'll cover some of my favorite quotes, that's typically the format of the show. So, now, you may also be asking a question like, why should I listen to Lori Wetzel? So here's what I'll share with you. I want to play with people who want more out of life. So if that's you, then you are in the right place. Financially, I had to reinvent myself. I lost my six-figure income job in corporate America, and I had to replace that, that income. How did I do it? Through small business ownership, entrepreneurship, and real estate. Socially, I I lead a nationwide team of real estate investors through technology. The time is now. I can live stream and reach people not only in the U.S. but across the world. So people follow me not because they know me. They follow me because they know that I know them. So what's the one thing that I know that you may not know? You are enough you are enough to create and do anything that you want in this life. So count on me to have you to be around the light bringers, the magic makers, the world shifters, and the game changers. I will challenge you, break you open, uplift and expand you, and I won't let you play small. Today on our show, we are covering Financial Literacy and Habits Part 2. Now, earlier, or I should say later in 2016, I had Financial Literacy and Habits Part 1. So this is really about education. I'm huge on knowledge and applied knowledge. Some people say knowledge is power. But it's really applied knowledge and taking the action is where your power lies. And financial literacy helps individuals become self-sufficient so that they can achieve that financial stability. Well, how do you do that? Well, for example, someone share with me, if you have a four-legged chair, right, and if that chair loses a leg, suddenly the chair becomes unstable. Well, if you compare that to your W-2 income or job where you have only one stream of income, if you lose that one stream of income, then your life becomes financially unstable. You want to learn how to generate multiple streams of income through small business ownership and real estate investing. So if you happen to lose one stream of income, you still have three or four others generating income to you. So what are the habits associated with financial literacy and real estate investing? We're gonna cover that today. And specifically, we are going to cover three misperceptions people have about money and credit. And I'm so excited to cover this information today because it's a new year. New year calls for new actions, bold steps to create the life that you want to achieve. So let's dig into it right away. All right. Misperception number one. Newsflash, folks, you cannot save your way to wealth. You cannot save your way to wealth. That's an accumulation strategy. So, in, accumulation entails setting money aside in an investment vehicle and hoping, hoping that it grows. That's accumulation strategies. You know what? In today's society, that doesn't work. Let me give you an example. Let's say that, play along with me for a bit here. Let's say that you have a crystal ball. And you have the ability to look into that crystal ball and project 20 years into the future that you're going to live. 20 years. So let's say that you're going to retire at 65 and you're going to drop dead at 85. You already know it. Look into the crystal ball. You can see I'm going to live 20 years after retirement. Well, how much are you going to need to live 20 years? What's the dollar amount per month? Is it 3000 Is it 5000 Well, let's, let's say it's 10000 Because, you know, I like to lead a comfortable lifestyle. And I'm sure most of my listeners would agree with me. So, $10,000 a month, yeah, I could lead a comfortable lifestyle. Not extravagant, but um, I'm not out begging for work. If I live 20 years after retirement... 20 years, at $10,000 per month, I would need to have currently in my savings $3.4 million. Now, stop and think about that. You would have had to begin working at age 18. You would have had to have had a high-paying job above $75,000 USD gross per year at age 18, working for a significant amount of years. How realistic is that? Yet in America, we have been raised that you want to save your money, set it aside, let it grow. You just keep working in that cubicle, gosh darn it. And your money is going to grow in the savings account. So by the time you retire, you're going to have enough money. And you know what? If you don't, you can depend on Social Security in America and you'll be able to live. Well, that's a myth, folks. You cannot save your way to wealth. So accumulation strategies, that is not the way to go if you want to be able to live the lifestyle you would love to create. Let me share something with you about financial institutions. And typically, they're going to promote certificate of deposits. They're going to promote municipal bonds. They're going to promote savings accounts, right? Those are typical instruments uh, at financial institutions. But for accumulation strategies, There's some things that you want to know about financial institutions. Number one, they want your money. Now, you don't have control over it. They want your money. Why is that? Because they're going to take your money. They're going to load it out again. They're going to get money from the Federal Reserve seven times what you've deposited. And they're going to take that money and they're going to shop it out in products, loan products, to make money. Number two, they want your money on a regular basis. They want you to make regular deposits. Number three, they want to hold on to your money for as long as possible. Number four. When it comes time for you to go and get your money, they want you to pay it they want to pay it back to you as slowly as possible. So every product, every service that financial institutions offer, services that agenda. For example, with for certificate of deposits, if you want their highest yielding certificate of deposit typically you're gonna have to have a minimum of $25,000 in that CD and that's at an interest rate of two percent but if you have maybe $2,000 $5,000 and you think you know what I want to grow my money let me just go down to a financial institution and um, put it in a CD Well, the interest rate you're going to earn typically is less than 1%. Less than 1%. Well, what about municipal bonds? Well, if the interest rates go up, the value of the bond will go down. They call that capital depreciation. Now listen, I'm not a broker. I'm not a realtor, not a lawyer or accountant or even a certified financial planner. Much of the information that I have is due to reading books, having relationships with people who are professional uh, financial planners and financial analysts. And I share this information with my listeners because I want you to know. So rather than going down a path of saving your way to wealth, What about using a different strategy? How about cash flow strategies? One of the ways that you can do that is by using insurance that has cash value. You've got uh, whole life, universal life, any sort of permanent insurance that has cash value. This way... You get to determine how you use your money. It safeguards your wealth. It helps to grow your own money and it increases your cash flow. And it helps you to enjoy your money today and tomorrow. Right? So there's a different way in which for you to create wealth. We call it cash flow value insurance. And listen... One of my good friends, Garrett Gunderson, you might want to write this down, his book is called, What Would the Rockefellers Do?, it's a great book. Now, Garrett uh, is a contributing uh, author for Fortune 500 magazine, a wealth of knowledge and information, and it's right there in his book. Now, when we come back from break, I'm going to give you an example of how you can use this cash value insurance as your own bank. So rather than you going to your regular financial institutions and they're using your money, giving it back as slowly as possible, giving you less than 1% interest rate, I'm going to show you and give you some examples of how you can use permanent insurance that has cash value so that you can be your own bank. So when we come back, I'll give you a couple examples. Back in a moment with Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: Do you find yourself working tirelessly to keep your business going? Are you finding out that you don't have time for family, friends, any kind of personal life whatsoever? It's time to stop feeling trapped by your business. Tune in to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. You'll hear from guests that will help you work on your business instead of constantly in your business. And get your life back while the business keeps running and humming. Reclaim Your Freedom airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
0: We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff.
3: Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
1: Is keeping it real with Lori Wetzel. To reach Lori with questions or comments, please send an email to Lori at MeetLoriWetzel.com. Again, that's Lori at MeetLoriWetzel.com. Now back to keeping it real.
2: Hey, welcome back everyone. You're listening to Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel and the real stands for real estate and financial literacy. And today that is our subject on financial literacy. So misperception number one, you cannot save your way to wealth. Accumulation strategies don't work. How about choosing something different? You can use whole life insurance, any insurance that has cash Value whole life, universal life, permanent insurance, that can give you cash back. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you are shopping for a new car. And let's say you're planning on paying about $550 a month on a note. All right. Well, you're looking around, you're shopping, and you're noticing that the 2016 and 2015 models are much cheaper than the brand new 2017 models. So, okay, I want to buy this new car. I'm willing to pay about $550 a month. How about if you consider leasing instead, if possible, and paying, let's say, $300 a month rather than paying for the full car note. Now, these days with a car note, it's about 60 months or five years so, you're paying principal plus interest for those 60 months or five years. A Leasing doesn't work if you drive a whole lot of miles. So, you got to look into all the parameters of what's involved with leasing. But if that's a viable option for you, pay $300 a month instead of the $550. Now, what are you going to do with the difference? The difference being $250. Well, you're going to put that into a permanent life insurance policy that can grow your cash value. So a little over three years later, approximately 40 months, you'll actually have enough cash to pull out from the insurance and pay the residual value of the car to become the owner. So, you still have the insurance policy and you own the car. Now, what are you doing? Well, you want to take your car note payment and keep paying that to the insurance policy. So, you have the ability to actually pay off your policy loan. So, you have $550 budgeted for that. You were paying $300 on the lease. You were putting $250 into the permanent life insurance policy. You're growing that. So in about 40 months, pull out the cash, pay off the car. You still have the insurance policy. Take that money. Keep paying off the policy loan. Now. Every car moving forward, you can now finance your own car using that policy rather than going to a bank and paying that principal in interest. So you're saving tons of money, not only in interest, but you're using this cash value policy so that you can be your own bank. Well, let me give you another example of being your own bank. Let's say you have a retirement plan at a job that you've been working at for a number of years. And let's say you've been making contributions to that retirement plan. Let's say, for example, a 401k. So a defined contribution plan. And let's say, for example, you're not happy with the returns that you're getting with that two, maybe three percent. Well, What if I tell you that most 401k plans have a summary plan description associated with them that will allow you to take a loan out against your own 401k? You can do that. Now, it's outlined in the summary plan description, and it may not be for all 401k plans, but I would say the majority of them will have a loan provision listed in the summary plan description. So you might want to check with your human resource professional or your payroll department and say, hey, can I get a copy of my summary plan description? I've been contributing to my own 401k and I want to see whether or not I can take a loan out against it. If you can, you actually can take up to 50% as a loan against that and pay yourself back. You can be your own bank. And what are you paying yourself back? Typically, in the summary plan description, uh, it will be the bank prime rate plus 1%. So typically, you're paying yourself back 4.5%. Now, last time I checked at most traditional institutions, banking institutions, you're earning less than 1% interest. So that's another way that you can be your own bank. Now, what about interest reduction strategies? Well, if you want to learn more about that, contact our office. Uh, You can reach us at 312-242-3393. And we have education for small business owners as well as real estate investors. So we teach individuals about interest reduction strategies. So you might say, well, what is that exactly? Well, let's say you have a traditional 30-year mortgage. Okay, so your mortgage amount is about $200,000. Yeah, you have an annual interest rate of 5%. Your mortgage is for 30 years. And your monthly payment is about a little over $1,000 a month. Well, typically for that traditional 30-year mortgage, even though the original mortgage amount was $200,000, you got to pay about two and a half times that when it's over and done if you keep that same amortized debt over a 30-year period. So even though the original note was $200,000, you're going to pay another $200,000 easy in interest. Not only that, traditionally... Within a five-year period of getting that loan, you'll get a letter from the bank and say, congratulations, you qualified to refinance your mortgage. And you know what? Most people will say, yippee, I'm excited because I can lower my monthly note and they're going to drop my interest rate. So you get excited. But guess what, folks? When you've refinanced, the clock starts all over again on that traditional 30-year mortgage. So you begin to pay the banks over and over and over again additional interest. If you use our interest reduction strategies, with that example I gave you with a $200,000 mortgage, you can actually save over $135,000 in interest simply by using our interest reduction strategies. So if you are interested in learning how to do all of what I just shared, contact our office at 312-242-3393. Leave them your name, your email address, your phone number, and the best time to reach you. And we'd be happy to follow up contact you and let you know more about what we have to offer as small business owners and real estate investors. Because there's something called a cash flow quadrant. And I think most of my listeners have probably heard of this. But if not, let me go over with you. The cash flow quadrant is going to indicate How much money you have to keep in your pocket, and whether or not you have a low financial IQ or a high financial IQ. So, if you're an employee, you're typically in the highest tax bracket, it's in the top left hand quadrant. You're getting paid by the hour, and you're giving your money mostly in taxes. No matter what tax bracket that you're in, you're giving over 50% of your money to taxes. If you are a sole proprietor, if you will, or you are are in business for yourself, but you don't have any systems, you're in the bottom left-hand corner, you're getting paid dollars per project. So if you work, that's great. You have no ceiling. But if you don't have work, if you don't have projects, then you have no floor and you can continue to spiral with no income. So you're still on the left-hand side of the quadrant and we call that low financial IQ. But if you're on the right-hand side of the quadrant, top right-hand side, you're a business owner. So that means you have systems that produce income for you. System stands for saves you stress, time, energy, and money. If you are at the bottom right-hand side of income, I for income, that means your money isn't making money. You're paid on your assets. So that's the cash flow quadrant. If you're on the right-hand side of that quadrant, that means you have high financial IQ because your money and systems are working for you. So the bottom line is you want to create value and the dollars will follow the value. Create value and the dollars will follow it. Now let me give you an example. I'm going to do this in very simplistic terms. Let's say you have an apple in your lunchbox and You know, you ate your lunch, you had a sandwich, you maybe had uh, some celery sticks, uh, maybe you had some baked uh, potato chips, you had an apple, something to drink, bottle of water, you ate good, but your apple is left over from lunch, you were full, didn't want to eat it. Your friend is hungry, right, and your friend says, hey, are you going to eat that apple? And your friend offers you a dollar for the apple. Well, guess what? You take the dollar. You give the apple to the friend. The friend is happy. She is no longer hungry. You're happy. You received a dollar that you didn't anticipate. It was already left over in your lunch and you didn't eat it. You created value both ways. So, if the cost of the apple was only 50 cents, but you got a dollar, you made a profit. Now, here's the thing. You received value through profit, but before you received that value, you created value by providing food to someone who wanted it. So, in economic terms, this is called money velocity. So the key is you created that value by providing food to someone who wanted it, and in exchange, you received a profit. So bottom line, creating value and dollars will follow. Now, when we come back from break, we're going to cover misperception number two, which is about budgeting, you know. Oftentimes, people say you gotta budget, you gotta watch your dollars, you gotta, you gotta really keep an eye out on it. Well, we're gonna talk a little bit about budgeting when we come back from break. You're listening to Keeping it, it Real with Lori Wetzel. Stay tuned.
3: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author, working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business.
0: Are you pursuing your passions in business? Is your purpose integrated into your brand? Are you telling your story? Building a thriving business stems from authentic communication that serves your audience, champions big ideas, and generates big impact. Learn how to grow your business in a more meaningful way by tuning into The Soul Shull Hour with host Francis Leary. It's more than business development, it's soul and inspiration, too. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Where are you financially? Did you know that nearly three quarters of U.S. consumers have less than $1,000 in their retirement plans? No matter what stage of life you're in, listening to The Steady Investor can help. Hosts Mitch Zacks and Mark Vickery, along with their guest experts, discuss what you need to know to warm up that nest egg. It doesn't matter when you start, you just need to start. Tune in to The Steady Investor, Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: This is Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel. To reach Lori with questions or comments, please send an email to lori at meetlauriewetzel.com. Again, that's lori at meetloriwetzel.com. Now, back to Keeping It Real.
2: Welcome back. We are covering the misperceptions of financial literacy and um, we're covering three misperceptions with money and credit. So right now we're on misperception number two, budgeting. Let me share something with you about budgeting. This kills wealth creation. Now you might be surprised that I'm saying that given that we're talking about financial literacy. But truth be told, it creates a scarcity mindset, and it will prevent you from growing wealth. Now, we already talked about you can't save your way to wealth. Nobody has $3.4 million saved, typically, to live 20 years after retirement. So if you constantly, constantly budget, and that is your way to live and thrive, well, Budgeting kills wealth creation hands down. So let's go with the Apple example again. So let's say your friend asked to buy your apple. right? Now before you created value and the dollars will follow, right? But this time your friend asked to buy your apple for a dollar. Now here's what you do. You worry that you can't get another apple, If you sell yours. Scarcity mindset. And your friend is on a tight budget. Now, she only has 50 cent in her Apple budget. But she does have 50 cent in another line item that she budgeted for. But guess what? Like, I don't have enough money in my Apple budget. And even though I have enough money somewhere else. I'm going to go hungry because I'm going to stick to this imposed budget. Now, how do both of you feel? Well, you don't share because you have a scarcity mindset. So the owner of the apple becomes very defensive. Your friend who is imposing this budget is jealous Because you have something that she can't afford even though she really has the money in another line item. But instead she's becoming jealous. So both the owner of the apple and the person who wants to buy the apple have negative thoughts. These negative thoughts were created by budgeting and it leads to a scarcity mindset. So remember... Create value and the dollars will follow. Don't be so stringent on your budgeting that it's going to kill your wealth creation. Think about creative ways in which you can acquire what you want to have in life without being excessive. How does this apply to real estate? We do creative acquisitions all the time. The bottom line is, you've heard where you can acquire real estate with none of your own money, none of your own credit. It doesn't have to be yours. It can be someone else's. There are three parts to every real estate deal. The deal maker, the doer, and the dough. The dough typically is someone else's money. The doer is typically your general contractors and your paid professionals. You need a good broker, realtor. You need a good real estate attorney, a good real estate accountant who's familiar with real estate investing, a mold re- remediator, a plumber, electrician, a painter, right? Uh, a good title insurance rep. These are paid professionals, these are your doers. But the deal maker is the professional real estate investor. The deal maker that is that real estate investor. The best ones are knowledgeable. They have education. They have creative ways to acquire real estate that's all legal, honest, and ethical in a way in which you don't necessarily have to use your own money. So if you only stick with the budgeting mindset, that is going to kill your wealth creation. Okay, misperception number three. Credit scores are a fixed set of numbers. Wrong. Credit scores change. As a matter of fact, I have a quick quiz for you. Let's test your personal credit IQ. Question number one. Credit scores can change daily. True or false? That is absolutely true. Uh, There are scores that change on a daily basis depending upon a number of different factors. If you want to become educated and know what five factors impact your personal credit scores, contact our office, find out about our real estate investing education, and small business ownership. You know, even if you're not interested in real estate investing as a small business owner, financial literacy is key. You want to know what five factors impact your credit score. Question number two. Paying collections will almost always lower your credit score. Paying collections will almost always lower your credit score. True or false? Yeah, guess what? That's true. You think you're doing something by paying off the collection agency, but it almost always lowers your credit score. Question number three. Inquiries will look for your nine-digit social security number to match your credit records. Inquiries will look for your nine-digit social security number to match your credit records. Oh, that's false. False. They don't necessarily look for the whole nine-digit number. Some credit bureaus only look for partial numbers, maybe up to four, right? So this is how misinformation and errors wind up on your credit profile. You got to know what to look for that impacts your credit scores. Question number four. Which of the following statements best describes your right to check your credit history accurately? A. All credit records are the property of the U.S. government and access is only available to the FBI. B. You can only check your credit for free if you are turned down for credit based on a credit report. C. Your credit record can be checked once a year for free. D, none of the the above. Well, the answer is C. You actually can check it once a year for free if you wish. Go to annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com, and you can check it once a year for free. Five, the best way to dispute inaccuracies on your credit report is online. True or false? The best way to dispute inaccuracies on your credit report is online. True or false? That's actually false. You never want to dispute inaccuracies on on your credit report online. Why? You want to do it in writing and ask them to verify how they got the items on your credit report, which means that they are required by law to indicate how they verified that information. You know, the government says that there's over 75% of credit profiles with an error. Our credit instructor believes it's way higher than that, over 98%. So, the key is, is that you always want to dispute your inaccuracies in writing. Number six... Which of these statements is true about your credit score? A, it is the same as your SAT score. B, it can help you negotiate lower financing rates. C, it will never change. And D, it is the same as the balance on your credit cards. So B is the right answer. It can definitely help you negotiate lower financing rates. So you want to make sure you know how to manage your credit scores so you can get the best possible rates when you're ready to go out and make a major purchase. Seven, how many credit scores does a person usually have? A, one, B, at least three, C, as many credit cards as he or she has, or D, Unlimited. Well, the answer is B, at least three. There are many credit scores that are out there, and I'm not go- I not—I don't even have enough time on this show to begin to compare about the different scoring uh, institutions out there, whether it's uh, uh, your Advantage score, your FICO score. There are many scoring models out there, but you have at least three. Uh, credit scores. And just depending upon the scoring model that is out there, your scores can range widely. Number eight, which is not one of the five factors of a FICO score? A, length of credit history. B, payment history. C, types of credit in use. D, number of times credit was declined. E, Request for new credit, or F, current total debt. So which is not one of the five factors of a FICO score? It is D, number of times credit was declined. Really doesn't matter the number of times you're at a institution at a store, or if you're ordering something online and your credit was declined. It really is not a factor in your FICO score. Number nine. Debt-to-income ratio factors into your credit score. True or false? Debt-to-income ratio factors into your credit score. True or false? That's actually false. It does factor into the home loan approval process. Many many people think about your loan-to-income ratio. So it does factor into your home loan approval process, but not your credit score. And number 10, there are only four reasons to remove items for, from your credit report under the FCRA law, a FICRA law. Four reasons, that's true. It's either inaccurate, incomplete, outdated, or unverifiable. If it falls in one of those four categories, then the items can be removed from your credit report under the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So is it inaccurate? Is it incomplete? Is it outdated? Or is it unverifiable? However, there are multiple dispute codes on your credit profile. And if you don't understand what those are, You want to become educated. So once again, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're thinking about becoming a small business owner, whether you're an entrepreneur, become financially literate. Understand what it means to acquire properties creatively. Understand what it means to have a good credit score. Understand how to develop business credit separate from your personal credit. All of this is taught in our real estate investing education. So if you want to know more, please contact my office at 312-242-3393 during normal business hours. Leave your name, email address, phone number in the best time to reach you. You can also email me at Lori at com. So L O R I at meet MeetLoriWetzel, dot com. All right, we'll be back in a moment, and when we come back, I'm going to review taking action for good financial habits. So I have nine action steps that you can take to improve your financial habits. Be back in a moment.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You are in the sales field or maybe don't even know that you are. You need a plan to be successful. Every day we are engaged in business and don't even realize that it all comes down to sales. We all have something to say and need to motivate others to the same way of thinking. Sales execution optimization. The new SEO is the show that gets you thinking and speaking whatever the product or service. Host Bill Bush will give you the tips you need to succeed. Listen every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business.
0: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business and syndicated to Voice America Women's Channel.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: This is Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel. To reach Lori with questions or comments, please send an email to Lori at meetlauriewetzel.com. Again, that's Lori at meetlauriewetzel.com. Now, back to Keeping It Real.
2: Hey, Happy New Year. You are listening to Lori Wetzel and Keeping It Real with Lori and the REAL stands for Real Estate and Financial Literacy. And today we're covering Financial Literacy and Habits Part 2. So I have nine action steps for you to take to promote good financial habits. Action step number one, look at your bank accounts every day. Look at them. Don't depend on your accountant. Don't uh, depend on your spouse. Don't depend on your business partner. Don't depend on anyone else other than yourself to look at your bank accounts every day and see what's there. And I get it. Sometimes you might not want to look at your bank account, right? Like, because it gets a little depressing as low as it could be at times. But the bottom line is you are financially and fiscally responsible for those accounts. Who knows? There might be an error. You could have fraud going on. There's a number of different things that could occur with charges that don't belong on your account. Look at your bank accounts every day. Get into the habit of doing that. What you focus on expands. You want to remember that. Number two, track your performance. What are you doing in your business? How are you measuring your performance? What are your key performing indicators, right? Do you have any idea whether or not you're being successful in your business or not? What are you using to measure your success, Is it income that you generate? Is it the number of clients that you have? You know, what what are your key performing factors? So track your performance and look at it every day. And you can tweak your performance if you have a baseline. If you keep it in your head and you don't write it down, it's really tough to adjust in a tweak because you don't have the numbers to compare. Number three, know your credit scores within a 10 to 20 point range. Now, you've already heard me say your credit scores change on a daily basis. So when people say, oh, I know what my credit score is. Yeah, not really, because it can change on a daily basis. But at least have an idea and know your credit scores for each particular bureau and know the five factors that impact your credit score. Number four, write a daily journal of gratitude. I know it sounds a little hokey. But here's the thing, the more thankful you are for all of your experiences and you express that gratitude, the more blessings that come back to you in your life. So in America, we take a lot of things for granted. I've traveled all over the world and it's little things. Like one time I was in my hotel room in China And I was watching the news and all of a sudden the television blacked out for about 30 seconds and I'm looking around and I'm like, well, the lights are on in my hotel room. Was there a blackout or, you know, what's going on? Then about 30 seconds later, the television came back on whatever. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So when I went down to meet my business colleagues in in China, we were having breakfast, and I started asking questions. Hey, I was watching television earlier this morning. Did your television blackout? And they're like, yeah, I did. And then we realized it wasn't a blackout. It was actually a news article that was being censored. And I didn't realize that until I had conversations with other people, other business colleagues that I was traveling with. We take a lot for granted in America. Our drinking water, our freedoms to be able to say what we want and express our opinion, to be able to walk down the street. So the key is have a daily journal of gratitude. Number five, write down ways to add value to people. Remember, creating value, dollars will follow if you create the value. So write down ways you can add value to people. You can actually turn that into a business. But you got to know how you're adding value to people. Number six, create a habit of visualization. Begin to visualize your life in 2017 and what you want that to look, what you want that to look like. Remember I said what you focus on, expand. So begin to visualize how you want to live life differently and the wealth that you want to create in your life. Number seven, set goals and create habits. Habits, scientists say, emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. So, your habits are going to help fulfill those goals. Number eight, choose something different and get out of that comfort zone. When you play small with your life, you are attached to the familiar no matter how painful or inefficient it is, right? So when you play small, you actually enjoy an impoverished life and all the negativity that comes with that, feeling unworthy, being invalidated, judging others, judging yourself, right? If you visualize a new life, that's going to look like effortless success and freedom from resentment, gratitude for everything that has happened to us, inspiration, love, joy, and a win-win-win situation for the buyer, the seller, and the real estate investor. So raise your deserve level and stop saying to yourself there's a catch or it can happen for somebody else other than me, right? Right? So choose something different. Stop playing small. Get out of your comfort zone. And number nine, have some money in the bank for emergencies, but put the rest of your money to work with wealth creation. All right, those are the action steps for good financial habits. It's been a pleasure being with you today. I hope that you enjoyed and got some uh, nuggets of wisdom out of today's show. You've been listening to Keeping It Real with Lori Wetzel, and The Real stands for financial real estate and financial literacy. Let me leave you with a quote today. Happy New Year. May the dreams of your past be the reality of your future. Take care, and I'll talk to you next week.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into Keeping It Real. Be sure to join Lori Wetzel again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Central, and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We know you'll learn something new every week, so we'll meet here again soon. Until then, focus on keeping it real and live a life of success.